0: Hey everybody! Welcome once again to Songs and Stories. I'm Michael Gaither, and this is Songs and Stories, episode number 129. We're coming at you from the uh, sort of the tail end of September, which is the end of summer here on the West Coast, which means we're getting our three days of summer, which is which is quite nice. And I hope wherever you're at, it's been sunny and nice and pretty, and you know you've had some some fun this last three months of summer, and hopefully some of that involved music. If you're listening to this, it probably did. Um, I thought I'd, I'd take this podcast to end the summer with a guy that I talked to at the beginning of summer when he was out from, from Maui uh, and he was playing here locally and we, we hung out a little bit. He's also a guy you might actually be familiar with if you've, you're into music along here, the West Coast, California, or you've stumbled across my website more than once or twice. Uh, it's a guy named Dan Kai and he produced my latest record, Starlight Drive-In Saturday Night. Um, he's also become a good pal the last few years and just one of those sort of, you know, you meet these incredible people along the way of doing whatever you do. In my case, it's music, and you just get blessed with great friends. And, you know, it's it's really a cool thing. Dana was out here in June of this year, and he uh, he moved back to Maui back in January. So, we, you know, we used to see him all the time and, you know, flying back and forth from Maui to the mainland. You, you know, you got to line up some work <laughs> to pay for the airfare and he came out and he did a few shows and um, my wife and I were talking because we run a series out on correlates and we were thinking you know we weren't going to do a june show but you know dan's going to be here he has a new record so why not so we did so we uh, we put together a night for dan and it was just it was just dan and jimmy norris on percussion and we'll talk about that a little bit in the interview and dan did a release party for his latest record resonate Which was a great thing because Dan's been, you know, while he's been a performing songwriter and a a side person, uh, he's gotten really busy playing with and sometimes for other people and working as a producer, producing a lot of records. Like I said, he produced my record, Starlight Drive-In, Saturday Night, and produced a lot of other local records and got really busy. So this this record resonate that he he finished earlier this year was a big deal. It was sort of the it was time for Dan to to you know block out some time and do a singer-songwriter album and I told him this and I told when I when I heard it and I you know, heard it from a lot of people and we talked about that in the interview but it's I think it's the best thing he's done cuz he's done a lot of different sort of, you know, surveys of different styles of music and he's done his own music obviously. But this really just holds together as a single collect- single work of Dan at Piano and Keyboard. It's very sparse. I'll let him talk about the arrangements of it. He also produced it and, and recorded it with Cookie Marenko up in her Bay Area studio. And Cookie was back on the show. I'm looking at my notes as I fumble through them. Um, 80, 85 and 86. And, 83 and 84. And she re- records only an analog tape. So the entire session was was uh, Dan and Jimmy Norris and Steve Acello, who I mentioned earlier, and and then Keith Greninger working a little bit. So it was done really, really quickly, and it came out to be an incredible CD. And as we'll talk in the interview, I, I wanted to set this up, but they recorded the whole thing over three days. And people think, wow, you recorded a record in three days. That must be really easy to do. But to be able to record a record in three days, you really kind of have to have your act together and and be like in sync with the people you're recording with and have the songs all, you know, rehearsed and performed and baked. So to go out and record a record that quickly, there's a lot of preparation involved. Before we get to the interview, let's hear a couple of things off this record. Um, Here's a bit of the title track, Resonate which we're going to talk about during the interview in in particular, and a little bit of Sorrow is a Sweet Friend, which we also talk about during the interview, so I thought it'd be kind of interesting to uh, play a couple of clips of songs that I know we talked about in the interview. And the rest of the setup for this is this took place at about 11 o'clock at night after Dan played a great long show. In fact, I was kidding him because normally, you know, at these kind of shows, you play a 45-minute set, you take a break, you sell maybe some CDs, and you come back and you... Play your second set, and Dan, I kept thinking he was going to end his first set, and it kind of just kept going, and it was good. It was just sort of, oh, he's on a roll. it's great. It was, and it was a lot of fun. Everybody had a great time, obviously. Um, And also, really quick, if you're new to songs and stories, you can find out more about this podcast as well as the links of some things we'll talk about by going to MichaelGather.com. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-A-I-T-H-E-R.com, and you can find out about Dan by going to DanKai.com, and that's. D-A-Y-A-N-K-A-I.com Just like it sounds. So here's a bit of the title track Resonate, a little bit of Sorrow is a Sweet Friend, and a nice post-show chat with Dan Kai. Do
1: you know How much I care for you And how I prepare for you how I despair with you, you know. I'm always there for you. I'll be a step for you when you can't reach and need to save. The love we gave, it goes beyond. It goes beyond time Day and night The stars are burning And we're always learning As long as we're alive It makes things all so simple You are a temple and you are of the love that's made the love we gave goes beyond time the love we gave are crashing in at sunset and the moon is on the rise she's such a fine example the day you don't want to say goodbye and she's down there dancing I'm up here on the bandstand she thinks she's coming home to see
0: to Maui and back to Toxie or we end, end up back in Corlitus. Error. <laughs> error. Error, error. <laughs> That's funny. I love it. All the way to Maui and back and then I, we got to bring you out to Corlitus again, which was fun. So Start over. We're officially recording. So um, Fantastic. I was, was going to say, I love the first set and I went up there thinking you were done and you just kind of kept playing, so that was cool. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm not into time. It <laughs> was not funny. really my strong point. You are listening to Tommy Chong's podcast, aren't you?
2: I listen, yeah, yeah. You know, whatever.
0: I didn't know he had podcasts.
2: Yeah, it's called the podcast. Nice. Yeah, I'm really into that. I, I think it's really innovative, of him to uh, to do that. And you know, I think a lot of people think of him as like a, a joke guy, but
0: he's actually kind of a heavy intellect. Let's talk about you though. Yeah. yeah so good show. It was. Thanks. Kind of a CD release party, technically. It was. Kind of a CD release. That's from the poster, so it was a CD release yeah, party. But, yeah. Uh,
2: I'm really excited about this record. I'm really. I feel. Really, for the first time in my life, really proud of the product. I feel like it's really representational of what it, what I do. And
0: And I think I told you, and I, I think you probably heard this, like you said, you were saying from the stage a couple of hours ago, from a lot of musicians, that I told you, I said, this is your best record. I like everything you've done, but this... And you said it's so representative.
2: Yeah, and you know, the thing I keep hearing from people is, man, I've been listening to that thing over and over and over Yeah. And, over and, over. and I just, I mean, what a huge compliment. And so many of my friends are very critical and... Musicians, so mm-hmm. to have my musician friends going, man, I've just left it on. And my friends' wives and who aren't necessarily musicians going, hey, I left that thing on. I went up north and I listened to it over and over. I mean, what a huge endorsement for me. So
0: yeah, because I think son, I think probably because of the way you recorded it, and we'll talk about that. But sonically, it all just kind of flows together.
2: Yeah, and that's what I really wanted. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the records I've made have had a lot of diversity. Yeah. and we well, have had fun in the studio. Like yeah, they and they've been recorded earlier. different places and in yeah. different circumstances. Some of the things were actually like, you know, funky two-track recordings that we just said, oh, that was really cool, let's add on to it. You mm-hmm. know? And, and this was all just super intentional live, straight to analog tape. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of intention behind it. And, and also, I hadn't been able to record a, a, a record for a really long time on my own songs.
0: Mm-hmm. You've been working. Right, so those songs... You've been working were, and working with other people. Exactly,
2: and making other people's records. You made mine. And I did the, I did yeah. make yours, which I'm really proud of. Me too. And uh, I did the Gospel American Retrospective, but that was a lot of cover songs. Mm-hmm. So this was the first record for a long time. So these songs had percolated, some of them for like eight or ten years. I was going to
0: ask how far back these songs go.
2: Some of these songs go back ten years. Wow. And so, you know... Um, I had a lot of time to really like analyze the songs and not only the songs and their content, but also the performance mm-hmm. and what I wanted to kind of do. So they baked for a long time. They did. So I, I really feel like on this record, there's a lot of uh, restraint and, and respect on, mm-hmm. you know, for the just the songs and the stories and the lyric.
0: Yeah. And it was, I think the the wrong percep- perception, some, it's been a long night, but it's been fun. The wrong perception some people can get is you know, when you, you say you, you recorded this in three days and it sounds like, oh, I just, I just wanted to knock it out. But, you know, some of these songs were like sitting for eight years. Sure. And I mean, Steve Uccello and Jimmy Norris and I have been playing. How many hundreds and hundreds of hours was, have you played in jail together? Right. And There's and, a reason you could knock this out in three days. Not hours.
2: only, you know, not just my songs, but all kinds of other songs. And, you know, we're just such a team at, at supporting a songwriter. Yeah. And to have those guys behind me. You know, with their full understanding of how supportive I am right. as a musician, too, it's just really profound, yeah. actually.
0: Well, I was, I was thinking about it early when I when I when I opened and I did the set with you and Jimmy back and behind me, and I was thinking, man, these guys are just like, just like they're ringers. I mean, they're just so solid. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you know Jimmy uh, took songs in mind they didn't really know and just nailed. Them. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Jimmy
2: Norris. I mean, is is really actually i think in our area probably by far the most recorded drummer
0: yeah i think so i would uh, agree with that
2: over the years and he's done a lot of things with a lot of bands who've gone on to do all kinds of innovative mm-hmm. stuff and you know when it, when i have somebody like that on stage with me with that kind of experience and then the reverence that he shows for my music right. and my songs and how much they mean to him
0: it inspires me to perform better yeah, well, I as a drummer, he so does not overplay, but he knows exactly what to
2: add. He does, and and like I've probably said in other interviews, but like he'll point out, oh, you know, the third time you say that word, I just want to do something there to emphasize that. Uh-huh. You know? And there's so few drummers that even know what the words are to the song. Yeah, and and yet Jimmy's kind of analyzing the verses and going, he's singing along. Yeah, and he's going, oh, I was thinking when you said that, you were probably feeling this, and it's just he's a great songwriter's drummer.
0: Well, even like last week when we did that, we, we a bunch of us played at this um this this gun buyback benefit, and he played my he played along with my funny Taqueria song, and he he studied it, he listened to it, and he was like talking about the lyrics. And oh the, yeah, the he'll give it all the same attention yeah.
2: that he would give a, a an intense ballad about you know the struggle of, of an impoverished people right. against you know the, the evil yeah. government or something. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, you know that's those are the kind of people I want to be around. Yeah, and
0: Steve, I talked to Steve last night, and he, he was. Because he's playing somewhere else tonight, so he couldn't be here, and he's like, "Oh man, I want to be in two places at once, And I can't." I go, "Yeah." I go, "You know what, Steve?" I go, "We love you, but you know, seeing just Dan and Jimmy is kind of, kind
2: of cool." Yeah. Well, you know, it, it definitely uh, when you play without a bass and Steve player, is brilliant. Don't he's give me a great bass player, a, yeah. but it is interesting when you play without a bass player. Yeah. Um, to some degree, you're freed up as far as the form, because the drummer knows. Well, hey, I'm going to keep this rhythm. Yeah, and so as a songwriter, it frees you up to go. Well, you know what? I'm gonna do a little solo right here, mm-hmm. or I'm gonna change the form up. And so for us, you know, that's fun as songwriters to to switch it up. And uh, I've gotten really into playing with percussionists. And like when I travel, I'd rather find a percussionist I don't know than a bass player, only because bass player has to be so connected with what you're playing. You've got to give
0: them charts, you've right. got to make sure they know what you're doing. And, and if Steve you... is
2: a great bass player in that way because he really internalizes a person's songs. Yeah. But a lot of bass players, they kind of go, oh, it's an E, you know? And right. it's like, well, you know what? Actually, it's it's not an E. It's, you know, it does all these other, other things. So, right. you know, um, I've kind of learned that as I've, as I've traveled and played with people that working with a percussionist can be really rewarding and sometimes working with a bass player can be really scary. If it's mm-hmm. not a bass player that's familiar with your stuff. So,
0: right. I don't know. Or so, someone who's really good and you really trust. Yeah. But I mean, mm-hmm. for
2: those musicians who are out there that are listening to this podcast, I think that's something to really consider uh, when you're traveling around. That, that a percussionist can really augment your set. And a bass player, uh, is is they've got to really be on it. Mm-hmm. they got to have it wired. Yeah. And a lot of bass players do. And I think that really separates, you know, as far as like a level of how you're going to kind of determine who you're going to play with. The great bass players—they know the song. Yeah, yeah, they don't just go, "Oh, it's these changes." Right, you know?
0: and they're singing along usually yeah, too. Yeah.
2: yeah, that's what Steve does too. Yeah. We're into the words of yeah. songwriters, you know.
0: <laughs> something about something about this CD. Too. When you t- when I finished—not not about me, but last year when we finished my Starlight CD—and you said, "I think this one's going to carry you for a long time. You're not going to have to, you know." Think about having to make a CD for a right. This one, I think, resonates sort of similar for you. Yeah, I really even feel though you that have that another way. one almost kind of that kind of in the can. No,
2: it's true. I really feel like this is a record that I can. I, I love these songs. I'll play these songs for a long yeah. time, and they'll continue to grow and change. But, but the record is representational of, of a a phase of my life that is uh, kind of eternal in that way. Yeah. But, because mm-hmm. it's a lot about my family. It's a lot about my connection to the earth, and it's a lot about you know, my hopes and dreams for, for everybody. I so. was going to
0: ask, there's a lyric, when I first heard it, I went, wow, I haven't heard that. Sorrow is a sweet friend. Was that <laughs> angel dancing from the stage?
2: <laughs> no, no. It wasn't? Okay. No, I wrote that long before I met Angel, and it's, um... It fits, though. It's kind of a song, It's somebody honestly, on the road, and... Yeah, you know. it's kind of the perspective of a musician who's on the road, who has sort of succumbed to the, the monotony of it, uh-huh. and is sort of... Um, Used to sort of going home, you know, back to the hotel and having that little drink or that little shot or whatever it is that kind of gets them where's the
0: figure maker's mark here on the counter? Well, there's that, <laughs>
2: which is really good by the way. It's good stuff, Kentucky straight bourbon. I can't, you know, it's good for you in moderation, but um, but it is kind of about that sort of plight of just the musician feeling kind of trapped and sort of I don't even want to do this thing anymore and no. I've got to sort of numb out to stay focused and, and show up at the gig and. And it's kind of about that sort of proverbial groupie who's sort of out there, who's, mm. you know, hoping that this musician is going to take them back to their, you know, amazing life at the hotel, which is, which is really just this sort of sad yeah. monotony that sort of
0: goes on and on. Mm-hmm. So it's really kind of a tragic, it's like a tragic little uh, play. It's a beautiful, and like like Jimmy Norris said earlier, the, the these beautiful slow songs have the best melodies.
2: Yeah, and I was kind of saying, I I really do believe that when you're sad, you're humiliated, yeah. right? You're kind of taken to your low point, mm-hmm. and so sometimes that really opens you up for just the beautiful melodies to pass through. You're not analyzing; you're just down and out, and this is what comes out. So yeah, yeah. So that's kind of where that song comes from, and. Um. Really, not so much my own life, but really watching other musicians who were older, mm-hmm. who were so talented that I just saw really strung out by this well, by were, the life.
0: Yeah, and you were talking about this earlier. I wanted to recap that too because I think anybody who plays music, um, once you pass the hobby state, once you're like really playing and pursuing it, you you made a decision that you know you you saw people who lived on the road, and yeah. I don't want to do that. No, I
2: want to have a sweet woman by my side. I want uh-huh. to have children. I want to grow food. I'm not really—my music is super important to me, but I feel like my music would die if I just was on the road and solely doing my music. I'd uh-huh. have no inspiration. Yeah. I mean, what makes me write songs is, is watching banana trees come out of the ground at my house uh-huh. and picking a coconut with my son and cracking it open and feeding him the coconut water. And you know, swimming out with my children and, and seeing a turtle, a honu, like mm-hmm. we say honu, and you know those kind of things. That's why I write songs. That's the kind of stuff I want people to do. Or like when I get the opportunity to go camping with my friends.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So I mean, you know, if, if I was on the road all the time, I'd be writing songs about life on you know, the road. driving in my Chevy, and you yeah. know, uh. Uh, losing my cell phone and stuff like that. So <laughs> I'd, I'd rather kind of stay close to what what is real and and write about it. From my perspective, yeah. just so I can help other people to stay yeah. close to what's real, because we're just losing our whole thing. We're on the screen, we're texting, we're we're um it's all really great. There's access to information and all that stuff, but I think we're losing the functional sense of like, hey, let's get together, we can grill a, a, a pizza pie and you know have some pita bread and I some think you're right. We have, we have
0: access, but
2: right, it's like at the at the end of the day, it's like man, I like to know how to make things and not just have to go to the store. Like yeah. I like to know how to make hummus and make flatbread and make tortillas and make a pot of beans and not have to open a can and yeah. and spend my time doing those things and yeah. that's where songs come from songs come from when we when real we, life yeah when we harvest something and it's a repetitive mm-hmm. motion and we you know we wash the dishes we do these things and that's where our songs come from so if i'm not out hanging the clothes and playing with my kids i'm not going to write anything that's worth you guys yeah. want to hear
0: so i was talking to i think steve Pritchard and i went up to to reading for like an overnight gig mm-hmm. a couple of years ago and we were talking about people that, you know, when they're when they're starting out or when they're on the road, and, and, and I've talked to people that, yeah, I, I play over here, I, I drove all night and slept in my car, and yeah. then I stopped at a... And I, I thought, you know, it's not my...
2: If you want to live like you're homeless... <laughs> well, it's sad, you know, because a lot of... I mean, the other side of it is these people are artists, and they're sacrificing well, yeah. everything, everything to share and what and it's they a have. lot of hard work. Right, and there's a beauty to it. And sure. when you see these artists on the road... And you feel their passion. You want to help them out. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to help these people out. And I give these people a place, you know what I mean? To, to perform. I like well, that's, to provide. How we, that's, that's
0: kind of what we do this That's what you do here, right? Yeah. Like, here
2: I come. I'm, I'm a traveler now. I'm not living in the Monterey Bay. I'm back right. home on Maui. And so now I come to visit. And it's like, you guys open your arms. And you sit down. And you, you pay the money. And you give my songs a chance. And so it's like, you know, we get to do that for each other. And so... You know, I've I've hosted a few musicians already in Hawaii and mm-hmm. tried to help them get little opportunities, and yeah. that's that's a beautiful thing about mm-hmm. what we do. I mean that we uh, that we have that chance, right, to decide. Hey, I'm going to open my arms to you and I'm going to support you, or hey, I'm I'm not really into what you're doing. Right. right,
0: right. So, and it's good to reach out.
2: It is, it is, and you know, I mean, I don't know the judgment thing. Like um, a lot of music, I'm I'm not sure if I like it when I first hear it, but I always try to give it a chance and realize that you know I'm not comfortable with what I don't know and some people I think we get stuck in like going oh I don't recognize this it's not good but it's cool sometimes when you sort of go I don't recognize this it makes me uncomfortable I'm going to listen to it again Mm -hmm. and see if it grows on me
0: and this whole conversation goes back to the title track of the album
2: that's right to resonate right to resonate so we say all the things we think and do and say resonate so every worry every thought of hope every prayer that we make is is it resonates out into the universe like like when you skip a rock it has ripples mm-hmm. and it goes all just way past our earth you know out into the stars and i i heard a documentary they were saying to little kids it was about the origin of, of the universe and they were saying if anybody asks you where you come from tell them you come from you were born in the heart of a star and we're all stardust right like joni like joni said mm-hmm. we're all stardust so basically we're made of stars and everything we do and think and say resonates out into the universe and affects everything else that's all part of the stars. That's the same matter. And so we have to be careful what we think and, and what we say to each other and the things that we do because even the things we do that we think other people don't see, they go out and have ripples. And so yeah. the more we can do good things and plant and grow things and evolve, the more we have a chance of making a better world
0: you know, and that, for some <laughs> reason, that, that sentiment just kind of runs through the subtext of the record.
2: Yeah, well, it's my whole trip, you know. In, yeah. in Hawaii, we say malama aina, which is, you know, rest- to care for the land, to love the land, yeah. and, and it'll provide for you. In Hawaii, they have an idea that we all live on a canoe together. Hmm. Just like they came from Tahiti, they came right. in a canoe, right? right? So when they got to the island, they didn't stop thinking that way. They kept thinking that way, and they thought, We have these resources. Yeah, we have fresh water. We have these things, but we have a limited amount. And so the only way we're going to keep having all these resources is is if we take care of them. We don't overfish. We don't overhunt. And that's why they had the kapoo system, where they would say, okay, you know, we're not going to eat turtles for a while. Mm. We've been eating a lot of turtles, and so the turtles would come back. And then you know what? Eighty years have gone by. We can eat the turtle now. So. It's like we need, th- it's like crop rotation. It is, but we need to adopt that as a as a philosophy on the planet. Yeah, and that's how we can all live together. And so the more we think of ourselves as all living on a canoe with a limited amount of stuff, and we're trying to get somewhere, we're trying to get back to the garden, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so that's been really very profound for me and my family, and that's what we've kind of been learning about, and that's what I've been sort of called to
0: come. And you've been spread you've spread been around. you've been back home for about six months. Now. Yeah,
2: like six months. Yeah. yeah, and the island is just um, really teaching us a lot, and really uh, receptive to whatever we're able to give. And so, for me, it's been really profound. And I just really am trying to, like, I want people to know that Monsanto's main research facility is on Maui. That's where we're testing all the seeds, and that's one of the most ecologically sensitive places on the whole planet Earth. And so we're pushing for GMO-free Maui because we don't think that's a good place to be doing that kind of research. Right. Because it can escape and and it can get out of hand so fast there. And so a lot of people, you know, when you guys come to visit our islands, I hope you remember that buy local. Don't buy things that come from other parts of the world because we can provide enough food for all of our visitors and all of our residents. And there used to be a million people living there. and Now there's 150,000 and we're struggling. We import 90% of our resources. So... Um, So I'm really, that's a big part of what I'm trying to do now is to try to educate people. Hey, when you come to Maui, please buy local. Mm -hmm. Please don't buy things that come from other places. And and don't bring things you don't need and don't leave things that you you wouldn't want to have to run into in your backyard,
0: you know? Absolutely.
2: And that's the same for any place that's fragile and sensitive. But in in, in Maui, it's like very obvious. We see it every day. Like, what do we do with the cars? It's
0: like these strawberries that are grown down the road. Right here.
2: here. Organic strawberries right down the road. Grow your own, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. That's what I've been doing. I've been growing my own strawberries, my own. Oh man, these are good. They're really good. Those come from Crystal, Crystal, Bay, Crystal Farms. Bay Farms, and those people are strict about organic uh, wow. agriculture, and you know, sustainability, right? Like our music, it has to be sustainable. Our songs have to be sustainable. Our food has to be sustainable. So, you know, um, so that in two or three hundred years, uh, our kids can have stuff. You know, they they wanted to build a canoe to do the old journey from Tahiti back to Maui Mm -hmm. and they couldn't find a tree big enough. So they had to borrow one from Alaska. Oh my God. So one of the things they did is they went and they planted a thousand koa trees on private land that nobody can go to. Mm -hmm. So that in 200 years, the kids can cut down a tree and make a canoe and it won't decimate the forest, right? Yeah, long-term planning. And you know, that's kind of how, like for me, and I know for you too, that's kind of how my music career's been. Mm -hmm. You know, I haven't really gone and tried to push for a big MTV hit. I've really just... Tried to spread my music through my community.
0: You know, I think we wouldn't mind a It'd be great. You know, But that like, wasn't my model. My right. model
2: was like, I want to help people take care of each other and feel good and have something good to listen to when they're in hard
0: times and, you know? Well, and for me, I don't know even how I ended up doing like the podcast and hosting concerts, but it just seemed like, for me, it was like, it's so hard to find places to play. Let's, yeah. Let's figure out something yeah and that's you know.
2: what I did when I was up in eastern Washington I said right. this is a you house concert people too, yeah. yeah people said what's that I said well come over and find out yeah and then when I left people started doing it yeah now there's people doing house concerts there that good. asked me what a house concert was right and so yeah you know it's, and it's
0: really simple to do it is it's, invite people over give a donation to the artist yeah. everybody has a good time or a little food I mean pour a little wine make a yeah. little yeah. food and yeah. everybody's
2: happy yeah so yeah so anyway, you know, my whole thing is just take care of each other, take care of the land, and um, support one another. And and that's kind of my message, and I guess that's why I do music.
0: <laughs> and the CD kind of really sums that up. Right? Yeah,
2: it's Resonate. And, uh, you know, you can get it from CD Baby or iTunes or... Any of your favorite social media, networks. and when in
0: doubt, go to dayankai Or you can go to
2: dayandkai.com. A fine website with with excellent <laughs> design. Excellent
0: design. <laughs> and why is that?
2: <laughs> Thanks to Mike and Gaither, who uh, has been my tireless web guru. But um, I think it's help. a private thing. I don't know. I don't know if he's open for. If he's open for business or not.
0: They're only for very close friends. Only
2: for close friends.
0: Yeah. But seriously, it's a freaking great record, and it really defines you. And well, thank you. I, I, I think not only should this record, and we'll, we'll kind of cap cap it off this, not only does this record like carry you for a while, meaning you don't have to do anything, but I think just this needs to get out. People need to know yeah. this is what Dan Kai is. Well, thank you, This, this, is, this summarizes him. Give it a listen.
2: Give it a listen and share it with your friends, you know, and, and uh, take care of each other. Yeah. That's the main thing. Take care of each other. If you like the music, I, I'm really happy. And please, you know, support what, however you can. But also just take care of each other and check in on each other, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Malama Aina. And it's all about the Ohana, right? The family. So that's what I've been learning about. So <laughs> <laughs> we say Aloha, Nui, Mahalo
0: and uh th- and thanks again for playing for us tonight
2: thank you it was my pleasure always a good time in Coralitos. yes
0: talk to you next time aloha once again and kai and resonate and uh how a really cool evening kind of ended up in the back room talking about music and i thought it was cool how we ended up talking about you know playing with just a percussionist now if you have jimmy norris as your percussionist you pretty much don't need anybody else but, um, you know, that was kind of a special night. So that was, that was very, very cool. And um, like Dan says, if you like, the re- if you like the record, you know, buy it for friends. We actually, literally, my wife and I actually bought like 10 copies. We are just giving them out because it's a it's kind of record you want, you want people to hear. You want people to share it. And the little plug I wanted to mention, we were talking about farming and berries. And uh, the day after our show, or the weekend after our show, Dan played at Crystal Bay Farms. Um, which is a local organic strawberry place in Watsonville. And they brought, my wife and I, a couple of baskets of berries. So thank you again. That was like the best berries ever, ever, ever. Highly recommend Crystal Bay Farms, and I'll link them on my website. And hi to Lori if you're listening. <laughs> from Crystal Bay Farms. Uh, coming up next on Songs and Stories, we're going to be talking to somebody who just played the American River Music Festival last weekend, speaking of end of the summer bashes. Um, I got to host their songwriter showcase again, and the Evie Layden Band um, got an incredible standing ovation after doing a couple of songs on Clawhammer Banjo, on some body percussion, body music, I believe her husband calls it, and just, it was an incredible performance. They also played on the rafting trip, and they did a couple of other shows too, but they're going to be at our co series in January. They played the American River Music Festival last weekend. They're also going to be on the next episode of Songs and Stories. It'll be Evie and her husband, Terry. And so uh, look for that either in iTunes or on my website or on Facebook or somewhere out there on the interwebs. Uh, or if you're listening on Grateful Dread Radio or KC Cafe Radio on the weekends, thanks and keep on listening. Appreciate you supporting these artists and having a listen to them. Again, I'm Michael Gaither. You can find me at michaelgaither.com. You can find Dan at dankai.com. And again, Dan is D-A-Y-A-N-K-A-I.com. And I think what I'll do is I'll give you a little more taste of uh, the new CD Resonate. I think I mentioned earlier that Dan plays piano on this, but, you know, we know Dan plays everything. So here's a nice guitar piece. This is called Someone Else's Tune. I'll give you a little taste of that. And if you like what you hear, you can go to Dan Kai and pick up a copy for yourself and all of your friends. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Take care.
1: Bye. We all love look-